0: When something or someone comes at you and hurts you or a situation happens that changes the course of your life and you have this huge emotional response, I say be in that, live in that, have your cry on the floor, pound your head, temper tantrum, and then get up and let it go and then get up and say, what's next for me? And even if you have to do that one hour a day for this one problem, that's fine, but don't carry it into the other 23 because those 23 hours are magic.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Being Inspired Radio Show. My name is Amanda Johnson. I am your host and the lucky person who gets to talk with so many inspirational people on on their journey. And today is certainly no different. It is so heartwarming to be introduced to so many others who are navigating their lives from a place of wholeness and from a place of presence and from a place of loving what is. And our guest today um, is, is definitely someone who embodies all of that. And I am so excited to introduce her to you and to have another inspiring conversation. So our guest today is Kathy Anello, who resides in Mendocino County, California, and is a certified angel card intuitive healer and author of her most recent book, Six Months to Live making each day matter. Faced with inevitable job loss four years ago in corporate America, Kathy shed all of the normal conditioned ways of living and began trusting her inner guidance to lead her to the joy and simplicity of life. In addition to following her blog on self-love, family love, and global love issues we all face on her website, you can find her on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram where she inspires and validates our desire to be happy and joyful every day. And I will be sure to link to all of that in our show notes and talk about it at the end of the show. So with that, Kathy, welcome. Thanks for
0: being here. Hi, Amanda, and thank you for having me.
1: As always, I love how we allow these conversations to Organically unfold and to be inspired by what needs to be said and what is meant to be heard by each and every listener. So, every listener out there, you are going to receive exactly what you are meant to receive today by being here and by tuning in. So, sit back and relax. And I guarantee this conversation will offer you one, two, or three or more pieces of wisdom, reminders that are guiding you on your path. Now today's topic is going to be around the drama detachment which is such a juicy topic for us to explore because drama is so prevalent in our lives in our society in our world at large you can't you can't look anywhere you can't get on facebook you can't turn on the television you can't have a conversation with a friend or overhear a conversation in a coffee shop without hearing About drama and I think one of my favorite examples is I open my weather app every day and I always see a headline of the latest atrocity or the latest um, you know death toll of something it's like we our culture just lives for drama so I am really excited to talk about this topic with Kathy today and as always I love to start this show by reading a passage or a quote from a book that has really impacted me or influenced me on my journey. I often go to some of the same books over and over again just because of their influence and how well they uh, talk about what it is that we are going to explore. And today is, um, is the same. I am going to reference once again, Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now, because I believe he so aptly describes this idea of drama. He has an entire chapter of it actually in his book. And the the, ta- the title of that chapter is called The End of Your Life Drama. So if you haven't already read <laughs> the book, this could be another place for you to get even more information on what we are going to talk about today. But the quote I'd like to read for you, and Kathy, what I'm going to ask of you as well is, go ahead and listen to this quote. And listen for the truth. It has to speak to you today. What is the reminder? What is the the remembrance that it is offering to you? And we'll use this quote as a launch pad to our conversation as, as a jumping off point to see how Eckhart explains it and how does that resonate with your own life experience around drama. So here's the quote from The Power of Now. Whenever you are not honoring the present moment by allowing it to be, you are creating drama. What people fear and resist most is the end of their drama. When you live in complete acceptance of what is, that is the end of all drama in your life.
0: It's so lovely that you picked a quote from Eckhart Tolle, who was probably one of the most inspirational uh, people during my journey when I was trying to find peace in the present moments of my life, and so one of the things that he also says, and I actually quote this in my own book, is the present moment is the field on which the game of life happens. It cannot happen anywhere else. And how do you make peace? By making peace with the present moment. And I think that is where drama drama happens, and we keep it going for a long time when it's actually outlived its lifespan maybe in an hour but if it happened to you you know you're like oh oh my god this happened to me and the person next to you is like not affected because it didn't happen to them and so then you try to get them hooked into your drama and that's where the news and all this stuff comes in because it's like we can't be in drama alone everybody has to be in it and then when everybody gets into it it's just like you know the uh The the, um, big cloud coming out of the sky just grows and grows and grows and grows. So really what to detach from drama, you actually do have to just be in the present moment and then let that pass and not buy in anymore.
1: And let's talk about that a little bit about how being present allows us to not experience that same level of drama that we might otherwise. And maybe using your own experience or your own
0: path. I mean, how is that, how does that work for you? I think what, what happened for me, especially when I, when I was writing this particular chapter of the book, and just to give your listeners just a little background, the way this book works is it's broken up into 24 weeks, which equals six months. And what I did, you know, the title kind of makes people think, oh, did she only have six months to live? And the truth is we all only have six months to live or six days or six years or 60 years. We don't know. So when I was writing this book, I was trying to find a way to live happy as if I only had six months, because what would I do different in those six months if I knew they were my last, which is what we should actually be doing every day, because we don't know. So what for me, the drama detachment, I was in a particular, this particular chapter, I was in a situation where drama was coming at me at every level, work level, children level, relationship level, friendships, and I was so being hit. In so many areas, you know, global, there was things going on in in the environment that were stressful and, and dramatic and people were being affected. And so what I had to do was try to say, what if I didn't let any of this affect me? And I stood objective. I allowed my children their drama and just listened. I allowed my spouse to go off and just listened. I allowed, you know the world to be as it was without trying to change it like so what happened is just basically I had to learn how to have a calm response instead of a dramatic response and that is not always easy especially me I'm an Italian woman (laughs) you know I can so what was happening is I was having all these dramatic responses to all these things and it, it just I was sent into overload and I went wait a minute Yes. This would not be happening if I had six months to live because none of it would matter. So it's really about finding your center and being able to, in the moment, discern if it's your stuff or not your stuff. That's a big part of the drama. Like the stuff on the news, it is our stuff because we all live in in our country, but it's not really our stuff. You know, and, and sometimes you can only do small things from your living room couch. But I know, like you said, on Facebook, people are... I had a girl yesterday who will, please stop being negative. And I posted something and it that said there's not enough stage in the world for this shit. Like we can't cure the whole world today from the drama that's happening. We can only start with ourselves.
1: That's right. And which is what I love about Eckhart's entire message, I feel, and so many yeah. other teachers, yourself included, is that we're all saying the same thing, which is it peace starts within, right? It starts with us first yeah. and then the other part of that, what I'm hearing you say is it's it's the ego. I mean, that would be the Eckhart, you know, term for it as many as well as others, but whatever you want to call it, it's that part of us that is so hung up on, I know what's right, or I have an opinion, or I have a preference. And instead, what I heard you say was you we're able to stand back more objectively. You were able to not get so caught up in it. And I think that begins when we are more connected and rooted in our beingness because our beingness is objective. It doesn't it sees things as separate from it. When I can see myself as separate from that event or from what my, you know, partner is saying or from what that coworker at work says to me or from even that accident that happens down the street. Right. Mm-hmm. If I can remain yeah. and see myself as separate from that, now this is not saying we are separate because that's going to contradict a whole nother truth that is in this world. <laughs> right. We're all connected. Right. right. We we know that suffering occurs. That's right. So when I say we are separate from it, that means we are. That is not who we are. That is not who we truly are. We are not what that person says to us, and we are not what our boyfriend or wife thinks of us, right? Those are separate Mm -hmm. from who we truly are. And so I hear you in your, you know, in your experience, you became a master of that, or you started to be more grounded in who you truly are. Would you agree with
0: that? (laughs) I wish I could say, give me a hundred percent score on that. But the truth was when I actually lived this week, what I did was in this week, I tried that theory and I thought, well, what if when somebody comes at me and they're ranting and raving that I detach? Or what if I say um that I don't have to let anyone else's mood or power trips hurt me or affect me today? So when those things were happening, in those moments I would say to myself, Okay, this is one of those my life is ending feelings, but is my life really ending? And if it isn't, then why am I Why am I having this response? Because it's not going to do any good. It's not going to do me any good to carry this drama with other people on in the big picture. So it was really for me about learning to pause, learning to breathe, learning to know what was mine, learning to know what it was, and knowing that at the end of the day, it wasn't going to matter tomorrow. And mostly for me, I started working on the little things that were like, like I write in the book every morning on some, this seemed like every Monday coffee would spill and the coffee would run over and it would spill all over the counter. And when I'd get up and look at the counter, there'd be coffee everywhere. And that was a typical Monday in our house. And then, you know, my partner would be raging and then this would, and I would be like, ah, you know, and it was as simple as coffee being spilled, but it would cause this huge uproar because it happened all the time, but we didn't go buy a new coffee pot. So it was just like these little things. And I started looking at them going, Why am I letting coffee on a counter cause eight hours of drama in my day? It just didn't, you know, so I started starting with the really little things that were bothering me or that other people were bringing to me and looking at them like not a big deal, which then spilled over to the bigger thing that I was able to sort of pull back and go, wait, is this mine? Is this his, you know?
1: And pun, pun not intended on spilling over, of course. But yes, it is to right? start yeah. <laughs> with those, to start with the little things. I think so often we forget on this journey that you know, well, I, it's just the big things that matter. No, we we start with the small. So help tell us, show us, paint the picture. What did it look like when you spent a week practicing this? How did your life experience change, or what did you notice? I mean, why would others feel the desire to? Try out what you found to be so valuable in your life.
0: Well, if you think about how you live your day when there's a lot of drama and you're reacting to every little thing like it's the end of the world, I would look at it like this is like dying a slow, painful death because every time the phone rings, my, you know, the hairs on the back of my neck are going up because I'm letting every little thing bother me. And then I, so I looked at it like, well, the only real end of the world problem is when I die. So nothing isn't curable. Nothing isn't solvable. Nothing. Sometimes you just have to say, I can't fix this today, but why am I going to let it, you know, ruin my next hour? And so really for me, it was simply about learning how to take a breath and not letting that my life is ending feeling for something as simple as coffee being spilled. On. Sorry about the sirens, you guys. I live in the city. <laughs> uh, and and so really it was just about that. And then it was also about keeping the story going. And so what I did was I, I learned a very valuable lesson in this chapter, and that was that you keep your drama going by keeping your story going. And I was going through something. My pain was still inside me, and I couldn't detach. And so I was bringing this drama to other people's lives. And then one day this girl said to me, oh, yeah, I remember when I was in a similar situation and everybody else was over it and I was keeping it going. And she said it so nicely to me that it was like, oh, so what you're saying is I'm keeping the story going. And I got it in that moment that if I continued to talk about that, just for instance, coffee spilling, like if I told everybody, during the, oh my God, the coffee spilled all of then I was keeping the drama in my body. Whereas if I just cleaned up the mess and walked out the door, that coffee thing was done. And I think that's as people, what humans, you know, just human nature, we don't always do. We don't always just leave the coffee, you know, spilled in the kitchen that day. We take it with us to our job. We take it with us to the car, to the guy next to us who's driving, you know, slower than we want to slow. So it take you take that edge with you when you don't just let it go, as Eckhart Tolle says, in that moment
1: and we're not accepting it. We don't we aren't accepting and saying, "Oh, the coffee spilled today. That is what is. Yeah, moving on, clean yeah. it up." Now, why? My question, this is like the million dollar question, Kathy. <laughs> why are we so attached to bringing our stories with us and to keeping the story going? What is your perspective on that?
0: That is the million dollar question. I think that we do it because you know, I mean, I'm the opposite. I, I look at the ways not to do it. So to think of why we do it, I think it's just because we can't let go. I think surrender is not in the equation when we keep drama going. So when you surrender your problem and every day you say, here you go, universe, you got this, then there's no drama. But I think that we, I mean, it's hard to say why we do it. Human nature, uh uh, it makes us feel uh, important. It validates us sometimes if we're able to say, yeah, I spilled coffee. And then someone was like, oh my God, that coffee pot's horrible. You're like, yes, it wasn't my fault. You know, you're like, so validation exactly. is a big thing. And, a lo- and these are simple, you know, I'm, I'm talking about, about real life things, but the truth is people need validation for their problems and they need reinforcement for their problems. And if we detached from other people's validation and just said, Oh, I spilled coffee. It doesn't matter what brand I use. It doesn't matter because it's, it's the validation. I think part piece that we want, and even in the big life problems, you know, we keep telling our stories of woe and our friends, you know, rally around us. And they're like, yeah, he's an asshole. (laughs) Excuse my language, but you know, like, it's like Mm -hmm. you get that. And then you get all that validation and you're like, yeah. And then, but why? Because I'm just keeping it going think that's the reason validation and and some people like drama.
1: Well, of course we do, right? And I what I'm hearing you say if I were to summarize it up in my own words would be a absolutely the validation of that ego of if if i believe that who i am is the coffee spilling over or my husband's reaction or my coworker's snappy comment i need that to be validated. I'm going to need that validation yeah. either by fighting it or proving it in some way. Equally The other piece of that is the the surrender, as you so aptly pointed out, is that if I were to then instead be okay with what is, be at peace, be accepting of what is, there is there is a practice of surrender saying, okay, this is beyond me. This is larger than me. This is what it is. This has nothing to do with me. And I surrender that, that requires a very deep level of trust in something other than ourselves. And so much of our lives as human is spent controlling and contriving and making sure that we don't let go of the reins of life, right? Because why? We don't trust that it will be okay if we aren't the ones in control, which of course is Um, one of the greatest, you know, fallacies
0: of existence, I believe. (laughs) Well, none of us are in control, but that is really true. Surrender was a piece that I think probably is one of the most difficult things to do is to surrender. But it's not giving up. Surrender is giving up the power to a higher power. It's saying, I have faith that however this problem works out is the right one for me. And and you know and 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 when you detach from the outcome, you starve the drama. And you open up your life to the next moment, which could be wonderful having you forget about that whole problem you had before. If you hang on to that problem before, you don't surrender it. You are closing yourself off from the good to be able to come in. And I really believe that even though I think surrender, and as you were speaking, I'm sitting here shaking my head going, it is one of the hardest things to do in situations where you wish you had that grip hold.
1: Now, what I'm really curious about here, and I ask this more for the listeners, uh, is because I've also explored this for myself on my journey is the the word detachment or the word to detach. Sometimes we can see that or experience that as a, I don't care, you know, it's kind of like, ah, I'm just mm-hmm. going to detach. I don't give a fuck. I, you know, forgive my profanity, but just like literally this like resignation is I don't care what happens. Now I know I in, I can feel you aren't Meaning it in that way, right? When you say to detach, there's a different quality at stake, and and you talk a little bit about you know the idea of we get to choose how we perceive our reality.
0: It's how we perceive and how we proceed. Those are the two things that we get the choice in, and so I absolutely understand what you're saying about detachment having a negative you know intone. tone but the truth is when I say detaching from drama I'm detaching to the outcome of the drama I'm saying I am not going to roll this over in my head all night so that I can't sleep I'm going to say this happened I have to live with my choice or someone else's choice that affected me and I have to detach from how this ends. Because if I don't, I will go down the rabbit hole and I will, you know, make scenarios up in my head that do not really exist trying to solve this problem. So for me, I and, and I look at detachment also as one of the exercises that I did do is that I would put the bubble around me. And if I knew I was going to meet up with a friend that was going to have tales of woe before I even got there, I would ground myself Put a little bubble around me and say I can just be a listening friend today, and because I knew I knew this person's personality, or I can just be in a calm place today. And I would really train myself around the people that I knew were more dramatic. And you know, that's not to say people probably don't do that for me as well. Because there are times when I can be dramatic. We all can.
1: Absolutely. Especially if you're, you know, an Italian American woman,
0: you know, with a big <laughs> personality. I get it.
1: I get it. Yeah, we like that. And I, again, that, that goes back to um, this idea of we just we love our stories. And we love getting people to come in and, and share in them with us. And uh, another thing that, you know, Eckhart Tolle also, he points to, of course, in miracles, and just this idea that when we are truly conscious, meaning we are aware, we are awake, we are in, um, in touch with our beingness, our, our source, our essence. I mean, there is just, there is no need for conflict. We, we, we no longer generate our sense of self from that. Right. And I, I, you know, in your book, you do talk about that. We can create how dramatic something is in our lives. And I'm curious if you could just explain a little bit more about what you mean by that.
0: Well, I think that, we create we make it bigger with our thoughts like our thoughts are the are the deciding factor so your thought about something is what makes it small or big and so i i go to the other side of the fence and i say you know i believe that whatever has happened is actually a protection or a blessing and that everything's supposed to be exactly as it is and so so for me It's just our thoughts that do that. It's only our thoughts and our talking about the story. So those two things, if you say, I can't solve this. And a lot of people, like one of the things I write about is that I use this trick and I'll tell you the trick that I use. And I got this from Abraham Hicks. And what I would do is when those thoughts to bring that drama higher in my life would come in, I would change the subject in my head. And I would be like, oh, what a beautiful day. Look at this sky, how blue it is. Is that a purple pillow over there? Wow, that's pretty. And I would force my thoughts away from the drama that I was in. And that, somebody called me out and they said, well, that's denial. I said, it could be denial, but it works. So if I change my thoughts about something, then I'm not living in that drama. Or if I just even write down how I want the outcome to come. And I write that down and I put it on a piece of paper and I put it in a book and I say, this is the outcome I want. Well, why wouldn't I just be able to let it go at that point? Because the universe evolves how the universe evolves. So hanging on to that, you know, making that more dramatic than it is, is just me dying a slow, miserable death. And I just refuse to buy into it anymore. I mean, I've done it. I wouldn't have written a chapter about it if it wasn't a part of my life on a daily basis. But, but now, I, I mean, there are times when I'm still very dramatic. And then I go, ooh, yeah, no, not going there. Mm-mm, not letting you consume my thoughts for the next six hours. And I change my thoughts, I just move on. Some people say it's callous, but so and not you know in denial. And but again, I say, well, it works. And if it works, and it makes me happier than I was an hour ago, then that's how I'm going to live if this is my last hour. That
1: makes any sense. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you, I mean, for those, you know, to those who say, oh, it's denial, well, what I would also offer is I mean, there are uh, numerous teachings and truths out there that will remind us, uh, down to even a scientific level, if that's the proof you need, is that our thoughts do create our reality. So if I get to change my thought, which is what I have control over in this immediate moment, in this present Mm -hmm. moment, that is not denial. That is taking action and 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 taking the um and being an empowered co-creator of my life so i would i would challenge anyone you know of course to say uh, that would just be denial of course we want to feel our feelings and we want to be open to what is moving through us but that doesn't mean we need to create a story and attach negative thoughts to what we are experiencing
0: Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I did, you know, like, and I I, I give you guys this uh, in the book, but basically what I did was when drama would come up, I will confront it in the moment. So in other words, if if an emotional response is coming from me, that either brings anger, fear, frustration, tears, sadness, you know, whenever something like that comes up, I will, I'm not one to push my feelings down. I confront those in, in the moment. I trust the flow of my feelings. I let myself be vulnerable and I stay in the flow of those feelings for that hour, (laughs) you know, for that moment. And then I surrender. That's really the key right there, because I think that you're right in the sense that we must feel those feelings because we can't push away our emotions or they're going to come back another way. So a lot of the times, you know, I mean, those silly little dramatic where you're honking the horn at the guy next to you. Yeah. Let that go because life's way too short for that. Like we don't need to have angry little moments, conversations in our car with somebody who's not even hearing you in the next car. Like that's, that's just bringing your stress level up. But when something or someone comes at you and hurts you or a situation happens that changes the course of your life and you have this huge emotional response, I say be in that, live in that, have your cry on the floor, pound your head, temper tantrum, and then get up and let it go. And then get up and say, what's next for me? And even if you have to do that one hour a day for this one problem, that's fine. But don't carry it into the other 23 because those 23 hours are magic. And, And, you know, we only have, what is it, 1,440 minutes a day is all we have. When you look at it in a perspective of 1,440 minutes, you're thinking, okay, I wasted 60 of them right there. I'm good.
1: Well, Kathy, this is so good. And of course, uh, at this point, anyone who would love to know more about these, um, not only this chapter, but the others that you have in your book about how we can really make the most of our everyday life, because no, to your point, none of us know how long we are here and how long we will be here. So be sure to go grab a copy of Six Months to Live. Uh, It can be found on Amazon. Uh, And then, of course, you can find out more about these exercises and tools that she has so graciously already given us some insight into. And now for the conclusion of our time together, Kathy, I would love to pivot and ask you a few questions that I ask each of my guests uh, to better understand what it is that inspires you and where inspiration comes from in your own life. And so my first question is, who is a source of inspiration for you and why?
0: I would say there are two people right now that I've been working with that are inspirations. Um, one is Nancy Levin, and one is Rebecca Berecki, and they both are authors. Nancy Levin just wrote a book called The Relationship Blueprint. Rebecca Berecki has a book called You Have Four Minutes to Change Your Life, and it's about how to calm, you know, your anxiety and stress. And I've worked with both of them um, in the capacity as my life coaches. And they inspire me to be a better person and and they inspire me to see me for who I really am and not put on personas and not be the person that, you know, people want me to be and really just own myself. And they have been catalysts in the last seven months of really, I just went through a really difficult period and uh, without them, I would not have survived. There was no way, but they really just you know, sat with me and we're talking on Skype, you know, and Zoom because that's how you do it these days, but really just teaching me more about who I am and what I have to offer the world and not to be afraid to show up for myself and some of the things that were holding me down. So I would say those two women right now are my points of inspiration. And then Wayne Dyer, you know, without a doubt.
1: Of course, he often makes a list, at least for many of the guests on the show. Oh, beautiful! Oh, beautiful answer, and and what a gift that you have these women in your life. And of course, Mm -hmm. I always Mm -hmm. know that you know it goes both ways, and you are a gift to each of them. So, my second question is: What place or activity is most inspiring you right now?
0: The place that inspires me the most. You know, where some people might go huh, is Los Angeles. When I go to Los Angeles, uh, California, I, I live in the mountains uh, in Northern California, in a very small town. And uh, I have family in Los Angeles. So it's always been a part of my life every year. So when I go there, I for some reason, there's a piece of me that comes alive that I don't feel in any other place. And and it's the beats that drives me. So really for me, when I'm on the Southern California coast and I have a boogie board in my hand, and I, that to me is moving. And when I get there to Los Angeles, that part of me just emerges. And for however long I'm there, I'm, I am don't want to say I'm a different person, but I'm a different person. Because there's this piece of me that can't come out when I live up in the mountains that comes out in Southern California. I swim and, and I I swim a lot. Swimming is my favorite activity. I swim um uh, probably four times a week. I feel so free and fluid and and it really helps me get my flow. When I'm swimming um I don't have thoughts in my head when I'm swimming. It's like a freedom.
1: That's awesome. Full body full body chills when you were talking about yeah. the Um, places. It's awesome. I can just feel it. Um, My final question here, which can sometimes be a little challenging to answer, especially if you are a big reader like I am, is what is a favorite book that has inspired you personally or spiritually on your
0: path? My favorite book is probably Eat, Pray, Love. That book and that story at that time when I read it was very catalyst in making some major changes in my life. And, um, so that was one of my most inspirational books. Um, but the, my favorite book that I've ever read in my whole life, which is the craziest thing is the firm by, um, John Grisham, Can't I Even? John Grisham. Okay. I love that, that book. book. Okay. So that book, I will, you know, when someone asked me, I could like pause time and say that I started that book in the morning and I was sitting at a pool. And I did not go home until eight o'clock that night until that book was finished. I couldn't put it down. I was in every page and everything. That was long before the movie came out. But I always thought like when it, when, that book and maybe the Bridges of Madison County was a book that I wouldn't put down start to finish. Like I just couldn't put it down. So that was my, the firm was one of my favorite, favorite, like fictional get lost in a novel book.
1: Wow. Great answers. First of all, I love that Ypres e. Love <laughs> made the made the cut here. I don't think I've heard that one yet, even though it, it's just, I mean, I love Elizabeth Gilbert and, and whatever she touches seems to turn to gold. And then I, I, I love the fictional get lost in type books. I mean, there's a, there is another form of inspiration that comes from that. So not to discount it or think it's, you
0: know, not. Right. I mean, pleasant. I think for me, I think when we get Like, you know, for activities and this kind of even plays into the drama detachment. Like if you're feeling dramatic in a moment and you can't get out of your thoughts, go pick up a book or put in a podcast Mm -hmm. and change the dynamic of what's happening for you in that moment. Those are activities that are tried and true that are going to get you out of your head for sure. A podcast or a book like TV is harder for me. I don't watch a lot of television, but, but those two things I can completely get lost in. And be like, oh, now I just went by. Whoops. <laughs> now I'm back. Okay. Now I'm back to the Kathy that I want to be today.
1: <laughs> yeah. Or go jump in a pool. And you can just jump uh, blow away. Yeah. I love it. Well, Kathy, thank you so much for sharing your own um, experience and your own insights around this, I think, very prevalent, obviously, very prevalent topic in our in our world, which is all around being it attached really is to our drama. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And again, I, I will say one more time, go get a copy of Kathy's book, Six Months to Live, and you will have even more uh, tools and resources and support to work through this. And then, of course, anything else that she shared or that we talked about that is inspiring to you, whether or not that was a name of a book or the name of a person or, you again, you listening today Uh, is because there is something in this that was meant to be shared with you and that you were meant to remember. We aren't teaching you anything new, but we are pointing you back to who you truly are through our own conversations and discoveries and revelations and experiences and our own books. So take whatever stood out to you and follow that breadcrumb to the next and the next and the next. And ultimately you will reveal and express more of who you are truly are in each and every moment so Kathy thank you so much for being with us today you can find Kathy at kathianello.com and I like I said I'll be sure to put those links in the show notes
0: Mm, thank you it was a delightful conversation it's one of my favorite subjects
1: (laughs) I hear you I hear you we could go on and on about it so anyway more to come I'm sure in other formats and thank you all for listening and
0: being here with us today And until next time, many blessings.